Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Buy or sell. So anything you want to say about each guy, quick quick word. Uh, Kyler Murray. Two, what, Bye. three and two? Yeah, buy. You're buying Kyler yeah. Murray. You- what about my mortal enemy, DK Metcalf? Oh, DK Metcalf, buy. Uh, in the wide receiver running back flex position, Justin Jefferson. Don't don't give me this wide receiver running back flex position. What I know where you're going. Why? I, I, I just, I, I know, I know. Listen, come on. What are you talking I, about? I, we actually even, have him. Even, what? Even though you haven't had me on the show for a while, right? I still remember what you typically try to do. I'm not commenting wait, on anyone. Wait, we try to get you to talk tradition. about your fantasy team? Wait a minute. How do you have that information? <laughs> we got sources, Mike. Uh, we, five uh, and oh, Mike. You're uh, buying your whole team. I, know, I can't believe that it. That was funny. Like every player that we said, Mike was a hard buy on. And it's because <laughs> it's because he's personally invested in him. You know what? You didn't think hey. I was going to get smarter, Mike. I had to get smarter. I didn't mention that I have Robinson on my fantasy Nobody team. Nobody cares about you your fantasy team, Nobody cares. No one cares about your team, Mike. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a fun moment this year. Very creative ways to get me to talk about my fantasy team. Also, that Big Cat can say, I don't care about your fantasy team. So, I well just, done. Uh, you've been, you, you've, you've, you remember the time you got me to go on somebody else's podcast to get me to talk yeah. about my fantasy team? Just so you yes. can swoop in and, and do your line. Nobody gives a, I don't know what profanity you use, but don't use it now about your fantasy team. Yeah, you you have to be always looking over your shoulder. What was, uh, I know the Florio house has the, you know, you do the big meatballs and spaghetti and sausages and the big family dinner. What was that like when you had to look across the table and you knew that your son had uh, betrayed you? The ultimate betrayal. Well, Fredo, I knew it was you. First of all, we don't we don't do that currently in the pandemic. But second of all, uh, he, he we had a good time with it. We had a good time with it. He I, I can't remember how he he had some very lame excuse like he didn't reach out to you. You reached out to him. So that made it OK. Yeah. Right. Right. But 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 he he thinks that makes it OK to give away secrets if someone reaches out to him. I had to explain to him it's still a problem that you're yeah, – but, but we had a, we had a laugh about no, it. No, I'm going to defend and him the most Im- that, that makes you more likable when we get you like that. And I also am going to push back. I'd imagine – I've been to the Florio house. I've eaten at the Florio house. I'd imagine that even though you don't have guests over during the pandemic, you still cook the exact same amount of food. And you just have it out, <laughs> and and yeah, and you just eat it for the rest of the week. I will agree with that. Um, he just, I ran into him before I was going down to the barn that day, and he was there was nothing. I mean, I got no sense that he had been conspiring behind my back. So anyway, it worked out well. It was fun, and we had a good laugh about it. Uh, and and I actually, you know, a lot of people enjoyed that. So uh, in, I guess are you keep in the doing playoffs? It, uh, because we do need an update. Are you in the playoffs? No, no, you, you don't need an update. All right. Uh, Chiefs and Saints play this weekend. That's far more important as we get you ready for week 15. A couple of games on Saturday. We'll talk about those coming up. But the big game on Sunday, Kansas City at New Orleans. 
the question of Drew Brees' health, I really don't think it's on the tee yet. I think next Friday, Christmas Day, the Vikings-Saints game is when we'll see Brees, or at least we're more likely to. What, what? How would you balance it out? What percentage does Brees have to be at, in your mind, before you play him less than 100 over 100% Taysom Hill? I don't think it really matters. I think their offense is weirdly limited no matter who's playing quarterback, unless it's Jameis Winston. What's going on with your boy Taysom after last week? Because we saw maybe the ceiling, maybe the ceiling of what he is, which is uh, nice, little gimmicky, good in a pinch, probably not a franchise quarterback like you've been saying. Well, first of all, when the defense gives up 246 rushing oh. yards, it's kind of hard for anyone to win the game. Hey, he's yep. he's three and one. He's three and one. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens this week against the Chiefs because we're going to see how good he is or isn't this week. And and he believes he's a week in and week out starting quarterback in the NFL. The Saints believe he's a week in and week out starting quarterback in the NFL. And they're not going to beat the Chiefs by holding the Chiefs to 17 points. They're going to have to score. He's going to have to throw, and and we'll see what he can do. He told me a couple of weeks ago he's been working on his timing, working with the starting receivers. When you're the backup, you don't get access to the starting receivers. They've been working basically through this mini training camp of getting him to the point where he's as comfortable as he needs to be with the receivers, and they're as comfortable as they need to be with him. This is the week. This is the final exam. If he can stay within a touchdown of the Chiefs, then I think he's a keeper. You know what? I've noticed that, that he's been working with the receivers because you can tell the receivers now know that they every pass is not going to be actually on target, so they have to come back for it or change their body direction. <laughs> They're all jump balls, 50-50 balls that you hope the receiver gets. To answer your first question, I do think that Drew Brees, uh, there's nothing with the Packers beating the Saints earlier in the year. That's going to be the tiebreaker. The Packers uh, finished the season against the Panthers. I don't know who they have. Oh, the Titans, which actually that could be tough for the Packers, and then the Bears. I it it, you're, it is a fine balance here because you don't want to get Drew Brees hurt again. You want him to be healthy and uh, ready to go in the playoffs for this last push. And it seems like the one seed might be you're you're on the outside looking in right now. So I think you try to go with Taysom Hill, see what happens, try to steal a win, which. The Saints roster is so good, and their defense is so good that I'm not going to count them out just because Drew Brees isn't playing. I think that the Saints definitely could be in this game. They can win this game. And to throw everything out there, Mike, here's a little stat for you. Patrick Mahomes, 0-3 in his career against the spread playing inside. He's an outdoor cat. Wow. Wow. Well, like he that? is, and he didn't realize it. I, I like that. He didn't realize he was an outdoor cat until he had to play in the snow for the first time in the playoffs a couple of years ago, and he realized he really likes it. So, yeah, I, I think that that uh, that doesn't surprise me really because he just he he moves like an outdoor cat in those circumstances on grass where maybe he can get a little more of an edge over the guys chasing him for whatever reason. It's something uncanny about the way he is. That's why it was so stunning last week when he took that 30-yard sack. You never see that happen. You always see him being able to elude whoever it is that's chasing him. And he always has that extra little half step that things like that don't happen. You made a very subtle reference to Jace, uh, Jameis Winston. So mm. I- I'm going to put this to you. Week 1, 2021, who's the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? Is it Breeze? Is it Hill? Is it Jameis? It's Taysom Hill, but I don't agree with that. Peyton supposedly told Jameis Winston he's going to have an opportunity to compete to be the starter, and I would say the competition's already begun. You know, what Peyton said earlier this week on the Huddle and Flow podcast, by the way, is that um, that he promised Hill that he'd be the starter if Drew Brees got hurt this year, that Hill's number two, period. That was even before they signed Jameis Winston. So he made that promise to Hill. He's delivered. He's made the promise to Winston – You'll get to compete to be the starter when Breeze leaves, and I think that's one of the reasons why Winston signed with the Saints. So I I, I think we, we need to look at the tea leaves that are in plain sight here, and I think there's a chance that, that Winston, after a full year of practice, learning the system, will have an opportunity to compete on fair footing with Taysom Hill and maybe become the starter next year. I'm not closing the door on that. Hey, I'm rooting for it. He's a future Hall of Famer for a reason, so I would love to see James Winston get uh, a starting job.
here's Patrick Mahomes talking earlier this week about facing the New Orleans Saints defense. The way they're they're able to interchange. I mean, those linebackers, those D linemen, uh, DB safeties, Malcolm Jenkins, all those guys can really interchange and guard different guys, and as well as blitz and rush the passer. So it's a great challenge, kind of trying to figure out what their game plan is for that week, uh, who they want to put on who who they want pressuring the quarterback. And uh, you have to do a good job of recognizing that quickly in order to, to get the ball out of your hands and, and figure out a way to have success against a really good defense. You know, the best way to defend Patrick Mahomes is force him to be patient, force him to, to keep the plays in the shorter yardage range. Don't give him the chance to have that big spectacular moment. And you hope that he becomes impatient and eventually just says, screw it, and throws the ball down the field. And maybe you get lucky and you pick him off. And he was picked off three times last week. He told me after the game, he's not going to change the way he plays just because he has an interception. He's going to keep firing it. He's not going to get timid. And uh, yeah, th this should be a great game. Would it be better if Drew Brees was playing? Yes, but it still should be a very good game. And, and for the Saints, and you mentioned it, the, the Packers still have to play the Titans. That's next week, Sunday night football. If the Titans beat the Packers, that, that would be an opening for the Saints if they can run the table to get the one seed. And the difference, even though there's no fans, if you're the Saints, indoor cat versus outdoor in Lambeau Field in January cat, that's a huge difference. So that's the stakes that, that the Packers and the Saints now have in front of them. Patrick Mahomes told you that personally? You talked to him? Yes, and I'm going to mention that as much as I can. And Matt Casey is telling he's wow. Matt Casey is is telling you to say those things. He did wow. tell me that. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. He has not said that at all. No, no, erroneous and throw it out of court. All right. Uh, yeah. Is that are you are you surprised? Are you trolling me? Are you saying oh no. you've mentioned several times? And I know I know that. Look, I no. Hey, the the best player in the world will talk to me on the phone. Yes, I'm going to brag about it. That's pretty sick. Um, he talks to me in DMs every now and then. Usually doesn't reply. Whatever. Uh, All right. Did you just break some news <laughs> saying that 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 Drew Brees isn't playing on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon? No, I didn't say he isn't playing on Sunday. I said. Well, I you said, said it would be you'd be if nice. If, yeah. I, I I I I'm not breaking news here. I'm just looking at the situation and I'm assuming that they're not going to play him this week. He's still got a ways to go. Sean Payton told me last week. Can I do that? Is that okay? Am I allowed to say that? How hard mm -hmm. it is, you know, to recover from that injury. He said it's like watching spaghetti boil. You've got all those muscles and tendons and stuff when you try to throw a football, and they want him to be at a point where he's comfortable. And and that's where, look, if your backup is, I don't know, pick a crappy backup. One of these guys where you could flip his last name and his Kirk first Cousins. name around, and it still makes sense. Okay, yeah, him too. Uh, Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, his backup, who I'd never put on a football field anywhere. All due respect. If it's Sean Mannion at 100%, then you're going to put Drew Brees back out there if his arm's hanging down to the, you know, and he's got a rib sticking out of one side. I mean, the better the backup is, the easier it is to keep the starter on ice. So I think yeah. that with Hill and they're comfortable with him, then you don't play Brees until he's closer to 100% because you, why do you want to throw him out there if he's not ready? And then he looks like crap. And then you have people like us saying, oh, Drew Brees is washed. Oh, I, I, I've been saying that before this, so I've been saying that for two years now, so don't worry about me. But, yeah, no, you, you make a good point. They can win this game with Taysom Hill uh, running the Wildcat and throwing jump balls to everyone. They can't. No, no. But the, but the point is, the point is, if Breeze is still diminished, and I think he is, the guy had 11 broken ribs, and it was just a few weeks ago, and he's 41 I don't think he's anywhere close to 100% when you have that many broken ribs. So you ride with Taysom Hill one more week because I think Drew Brees, 90%, isn't uh, as good as Taysom Hill at 100%. And Sean Payton, come up with, come up with a game plan. Come up with uh, a way to score points on the Chiefs' defense. That's where Payton has made his legend over the years. All right, let's move on to another game of significance this weekend for both teams, not just the Seahawks, but also the Washington football team, surprisingly 6-7, and seven, Holding first place in the NFC East. Seahawks coming to town at 9-4. and four. Threshold question, will Alex Smith play this week? And he's got that calf injury. Ron Rivera said last week that he was held out of the second half of the 49ers game as a precaution. Now we've seen no practice Wednesday, no practice Thursday. Alex Smith has said he's not sure he's going to be able to go. I, my, my gut tells me we're not going to see Alex Smith on Sunday. It's going to be Dwayne Haskins, the guy who was basically – persona non grata with the Washington football team not that long ago. 
So this one's interesting because uh, on one hand, Russell Wilson, if you look at the stats against top 13 defenses, past defenses, he's three and three on the year and not great, not great numbers. I think he's like nine and nine, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions against bottom, uh, you know, the rest of the league. He is six and one. He's racked up all his stats. Guess what the Washington football team has a really good pass defense and they get, you know, they're, they're really good at getting to the quarterback. They will make him uh, make decisions quickly. They will not give him time. So the defense of the Washington football team, I think, can keep them in this game, and I think they can hang. And if you look at what Russell Wilson's done this year, he's had a good year, but against really good defenses, he has struggled. You saw, remember the game against the Rams. He struggled. Um, what makes me nervous, Mike, is I do a thing on Sunday night we, we to, to kind of pull back the curtain here. I'm sitting in my seat right now in the Pardon My Take studio. We're here till 2 a.m. Not a brag, just a statement of fact. We're here till 2 a.m. I go home, I drive back to Brooklyn at 2 a.m. When I get home and I get in bed, I'm still wired from doing a show. I look at the lines on Sunday night to get a gut reaction. Just real quick, down the line, pick the game in your head, just what Joe Public is thinking. And when I did that last Sunday night, I've never loved a bet more than I loved the Washington football team. That's a problem. Well, and, and I've been picking against Washington every week for the last four weeks, and they just keep winning. H here's what I think needs to happen, and this is a product of the conversation Sims and I have had this week about this game. The Seahawks need to go back to being the very boring, run-based, be-careful offense because – if Washington has Dwayne Haskins on the field and they don't have Antonio Gibson, I need to check on his status. Great rookie running back and a different offense without him too. Washington's not going to produce a lot of points with their offense. They're going to need to produce points with their defense like last week when you got Chase Young doing his Walter Payton impersonation, holding the football like the loaf of bread and running to the end zone. So you can't give the Washington defense opportunities to create points. You have to be smart. You have to be careful with the ball. You have to not get Russell Wilson sacked five, six, or seven times. So I think they need to dust off one of the old-school Seahawks game plans for this and just keep it boring, keep it simple, take field goals when you can, and trust that your defense is going to be able to keep Washington from scoring because if you get too cute, that's when the Washington defense is going to swallow you up and produce a touchdown or two. You're right. You're right. You just made Twitter mad, Mike, but you're right. The let Russ cook. Maybe there was some reasoning. I think that the pendulum needs to, to find its way right to the middle because, you know, it's crazy to say that they had a good game plan in that playoff game against the Cowboys when they ran the ball a million times. When they used to run the ball and take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, that was stupid. When they passed the ball 50 times, that's also stupid. Find that that balance. Find the, the perfect spot where you can let Russ Wilson be one of the best quarterbacks in the league but also have that balanced offense where he isn't asked to do everything all the time. But that Cowboys game plan is far better than the let Russ cook approach. This no, week. that was a if terrible game pick, plan. No, no. Well, it wrong. was terrible in that spot. It was terrible in that spot, but that's the game plan. If, if you've got Dwayne Haskins and backup running backs for Washington, that's a game plan that is far better than the no, alternative. No, now, no, I agree the, with you. The Find middle, the middle ground. The but middle, if you're picking one or the, the other, I understand. I understand. Yeah. My point is this. My point is this. If we are dealing with the two extremes and we say the hell with the middle, this is a game where you could get by with what was a horrific game no. plan in a playoff game against the Cowboys. I think you could. No. Against no. this team, run, I think you can. No, because I because they can they can do a good job against the run too. I mean, the Washington football team is a good is a good defense, a very good defense. So I think balance is the key, one way or the other, and, and they could be in trouble. Who's your coach of the year? Because Ron Rivera has already won it twice. He could win it a third time. It was Joe Judge until he started Daniel Jones on one leg. Um, and that was a <laughs> horrific mistake. It was a horrific mistake. But he's still a, a better coach than John Gruden. Way better coach than John Gruden. Um, yeah. My coach of the year, it's probably either Stefanski – it's between Stefanski, Flores, and Tomlin. I'd probably lean. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably lean Stefanski right now. 
Yeah, I'm Stefan. I'm all in with Stefanski. What, you know, considering the history in Cleveland and how dysfunctional it was last year, without the benefit of an offseason program to come in and turn that thing around the way that he has, uh, I think it's been incredible. But I think Ron Rivera, if they win the division, uh, you have to take Ron Rivera seriously because even more dysfunction this year in Washington than in Cleveland going into the season. Speaking of Cleveland, the Browns nine and four, prime time on NBC. At the New York Giants, Joe Judge and company, five and eight. They haven't let us know whether or not Daniel Jones will be playing on one leg or Colt McCoy will be playing on two legs. Uh, and and they, they haven't even had a chance to fully evaluate Jones. He's got the hamstring. He's got an ankle injury now. I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see Colt McCoy. I like the fact that Joe Judge is keeping it close to his vest. You know, coaches with 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 far more experience than Judge aren't nearly good enough at taking advantage of the potential for creating uncertainty that falls into your lap. Yeah, you'd rather your quarterback not be injured, but if he is, let's take full advantage of keeping the other team guessing, which is exactly what Joe Judge is doing. The Freddie Kitchens revenge game. I'm excited for this Sunday night game. Um, So to me, this game is pretty simple in that if the Giants can can just be not even average on offense, if they can be just a touch below average, what you know that game against the Cardinals on Sunday? I looked up every single time I looked up. The Giants were at third and nine on their own fifteen yard line. Like they weren't going forward at all. They gave their defense no chance. The Giants' defense is a good unit, and if they give the Giants, if the if the Giants' offense can give their defense just a little bit of breathing room, I think the Giants can win this game because the key to to beating the Browns is to get pressure on Baker Mayfield, get him a little bit frantic, and I think the Giants have that ability. I I think this game will be a tight game, and all you need is Colt McCoy to be just a little bit, you know, he's got to be an average quarterback for one night, and the Giants can win this game. With Baker Mayfield, when they beat the Titans, I regretted not seeing that the Titans don't have the pass rush that can cause Baker Mayfield to wilt a little bit, get a little Kirk Cousinsy. There's a there's a thread there from Baker Mayfield to Kirk Cousins. When everything's going fine, you can get it done. When it starts to crumble, you can't get it done. You can't run away from pressure. You can't improvise when you have to when you have to go off schedule. But then last week against the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens have a real pass rush. They were chasing him around. He 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 just he had great. a spring in his step. And he he said Wednesday that when he plays better with confidence, and I think it's a snowball effect. He's getting more confidence. He's playing better, which leads to more confidence, which means he's playing better. First back-to-back 300-yard games of his career. He's been phenomenal since the bye. He explained this week that – during that bye after the loss to the Raiders, 16-6, to their first game without Odo Beckham Jr., that was really their chance to take a breath and evaluate themselves without the benefit of preseason, without the benefit of an offseason program with a new head coach and new systems. And they learned a lot about what they need to do on offense during the bye week, and this is the product of it. So I, I, just, I think what the Browns did on Monday night, you know, we've talked about how the Raiders acted like they won a Super Bowl in playing the Chiefs close and the Hale Murray game, what it did to the Cardinals. I really see what happened Monday night, and especially the way that Stefanski reacted to it, saying there's no moral victories, whatever the case may be. I think that that becomes something that propels the Browns, even though they lost the game. And that's why I think they're going to win tonight. And that's why I think they're going to run the table. And that's why I think they're going to be a tough team to beat in January. And, you know, for all those Browns fans out there that have been suffering through crap for the last 20 years, I hope that they get something. I don't know that they're – look, they're not going to beat the Chiefs. I, I, I think that I think it's going to be the Chiefs versus somebody in the NFC. That's the Super Bowl, Chiefs versus somebody. But the Browns, I think, at least can make some noise. And if they get the Ravens or the Steelers again in the playoffs, uh, you know, who who knows what happens. All right, I, I, you've changed my opinion. You changed my opinion about this game. I'll take the Browns. I think the Browns will right, win. All right, good. There it is. Um, you've already made your you already made your bet on the Giants though, so it's too late. No. Well, I mean, when do I you lock say the in? Browns when do you lock in your bet? When do when do you make your bet? Throughout the week, but they, it could be the Browns to win and the Giants to cover. There's enough. There's enough room there. Five and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, I, I like the Browns to win and to cover, but we'll see what happens. That's the thing. Nobody ever nobody ever comes back and throws it in your face when you get uh, when you get it wrong. Just your bookie. When uh, you your money. All right. What? It doesn't happen. No, they don't throw it in. No, look, we, when you're picking 16 games, 
I mean, if you get more than half of them right, yeah. Well, you're, I mean, you're, other you're, than teams, other than team, no, wait, what? Other than team, your social Twitter media mentions are accounts. a lot different than mine, my friend, because I get it thrown other in my than, face than, all the time. Uh, I, I, the the only the only entity on Twitter that that throws it in your face is the team social media account of the team that was so bad that you trust that they're going to continue to be bad and they somehow stumble their way into an upset and they puff out their chest like there's some secret Super Bowl contender that nobody knew about. So other than that, I don't I, – maybe those are the only ones I pay attention to. I'm so used no, to getting crap in my mentions. I ignore it. I just ignore it. Thicken your skin yeah. and and ignore the haters. Let's take a break. Wait, Speaking of I got haters, no problem with what? it, but I get it all the time. My mentions are well, all you you're an idiot. It, you pick – you picked the wrong. You picked the wrong games. Your mentions are Florio. Stop trying to cancel football. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, and I failed. I've been trying for my my quest to be unemployed has failed. <laughs> uh, Let's take a break. Speed round time when PFD Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day. The threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. For the world's greatest athletes, this is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. It doesn't take a, a smart football person to realize some of the things that we're doing differently in this offense. So you combine that along with... with where his mental side is and then his focus and, and then not just that but you know in football in general on, on all three phases there, there's a lot of other people involved in this thing and I think right now offensively there's a lot of pieces in place and it's it's um it's working and we just want to keep that thing going so it's everybody working together Matt Nagy on Mitchell Trubisky, the guy who was benched in week three for Nick Foles. Foles got injured against the Vikings on a Monday night several weeks back. Trubisky has taken over. Trubisky is improving, and he gets the Vikings this weekend in Minnesota. And Trubisky's played well against Minnesota in the past, and they don't have the pass rush that they've had in the past, Big Cat. Can, can, can Trubisky still become, dare I say, elite? No, come on. He's a nice guy. I'm rooting for him. I am rooting for him big time this Sunday. But Matt Nagy, like, getting in front of everyone, being like, I think this offense is turning a corner. Like, okay, they, they scored 30-plus against the Lions and the Texans. Let's pump the brakes. The Vikings, you just said it, don't really have that uh, defense. So the Bears might, and I've I've put myself in this spot where time and time again I get my heart broken, but – they're playing against the stretch here against the Vikings, the uh, Jaguars, and maybe the Packers who don't need a win. They could win out, and it could be three defenses that aren't really that great, and we could we could be sitting here in the Bears in the playoffs. I've gone through that, Mike, but I also know, realistically speaking, the Bears' offenses look good against the Lions and the Texans. You want to say the Vikings are bad defensively? That's fine. But I'm not going to say that everything's all of a sudden figured out and they're a good unit and 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 they're going to be great going forward. That's just not true. That's just not true. I'm a firm believer that if Trubisky had been playing that Monday night, the Bears would have won. That One of the reasons the Vikings yes. were able to pull it off, they gave the Bears so many opportunities early, but the Bears' yep. offense couldn't do anything with them. And that's how what you get late? the Vikings down. That's how you get them. That's Well, and, and listen, late in the late. game – 
They kept get, they kept giving the ball to Cordero Patterson because he seemed to be the only guy who gave a crap at that point. And that Cordero the, Patterson edge that he has against the Vikings is real. He brings that to the table on on Sunday. I, I think the Bears are going to win the game. I'm being realistic. I, I think they are. I do too. And in that game, the Bears were horrific offensively, and they still had the ball at like the 50-yard line with two minutes left and a chance to win the game. So I agree with you that like the the, the key to me here is uh, the Bears defense has had moments where they have seemingly quit on the season, and I do not blame them whatsoever because that unit has carried this franchise for the last three years and basically been the only reason they're relevant on Sunday Night Football, on whatever all these things, get to the playoffs. So the defense having moments where they've quit, I actually kind of understand. I have no ill will against that. If the defense, though, decides like, hey, we're back, we're going to play with an edge, and going back to that game, Mike, against the Vikings, remember, Akeem Hicks goes out. When Akeem Hicks is not on that defense, the Bears are completely different. They have no teeth. You can run it up the middle on them. It's a completely different look. Akeem Hicks is the most important player on that defense. I know Cleo Mack's the best player. Akeem Hicks is the most important player. So, I, I agree with you. I think the Bears are going to win this game. Yeah, Dalvin Cook was not gashing the Bears while Akeem Hicks was on the field. And and if you can generate some points in those early phases of the game, if the Vikings aren't running it and Kirk Cousins isn't throwing it, that's how you create that snowball effect that ultimately uh, wipes the Vikings off the, the face of the football field. So I think that's what's going to happen this weekend. And I think we agree. The loser's done. The question is, yes. does the winner – does the winner have a chance to parlay seven and seven to nine and seven and a playoff berth? I think both teams probably aren't going to make it. Well, so who do the Vikings have next? Because the Jaguars are the next game for the Bears. So I think if the Bears Vikings win this play the game, Saints they... in New Orleans, Saints okay, so in New Orleans. Yeah, the Vikings are probably done regardless. The Bears, if they win this game, they will have a week 17 where they can get in the playoffs. I believe that. I've looked at it. Believe me, I've looked at every single playoff uh, predictor. <laughs> I've done all the numbers. If the Bears win out and the Cardinals lose one more game, the Bears will go in. They have the tiebreaker wow. against the Bucks as well. So the, if the Bears can win out or if the Bears can win the next two games, they will be facing Week 17. And, Mike, this is actually – I know you don't have, like, that much pull at NBC, but could you do me a favor? Could you make sure that if the Bears do win the next two games – there's no chance that they put Bears Packers on Sunday Night Football Week 17 for the Bears to get in the playoffs and the Packers to get the one seed and Aaron Rodgers to get the MVP. If that happens, I will not watch the game. I will bury myself in sand. I will not. I will. I will put my head. I will. I will. I'll do anything but watch that game because I've seen that movie a million times. I do not want to see it again. You are grossly incorrect when you say I don't have that much pool at NBC. I actually have zero pool at NBC, so there's mm. nothing I can do to help you there if that's where the wind is blowing. The Cardinals have the Eagles, the 49ers, and at the Rams. Not They're easy. not running the table. They're not running no, the table. No, that's, so, that's what I'm saying. Like the Bears, If the Bears win out, they will be in the playoffs. I think if the Bears win out and nothing else, taking out the Cardinals, taking out everything else, if the Bears win their last three games, they have a 90% chance to get to the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you this before we move on to that Cardinals game. If the Vikings should beat the Bears on Sunday, they will beat the Saints on Christmas Day and then lose to the Lions week 17 yes. to, to miss the playoffs. That's how that movie ends. I've seen it more than enough times. All right, Eagles 4-8-1 and one at the Cardinals 7-6. and six. And, and the Eagles may be moving toward a week 17 showdown with Washington for the NFC East if they can keep doing what they did last week. They beat the Saints, for crying out loud, with Jalen Hurts. Do you think the Eagles have a realistic shot at yet another? They're done. It's over. Forget about them. Here they come, and they steal a playoff spot. Yeah, they, they can ride the wave here because that win against the, the Saints where they're nine-point dogs and it comes out of nowhere, this now feels like the momentum. Like if they win this game, then the momentum is really starting to build here. Uh, and they play a really bad Dallas team in Week 16, so absolutely this could this could happen for them. And this is a winnable game. I really do think that. The 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 big question I have with the Eagles is: Does Carson Wentz hate Doug Peterson? Because Doug Peterson 
was different a different play caller on Sunday against the Saints than he's been with Carson Wentz. <laughs> and like it so, for some reason you saw it when Nick Foles was the quarterback. Doug Peterson has a, a, you know a better ability to call plays for guys not named Carson Wentz, which is a problem because Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback for the future. Well, there's oh maybe there's been this weird sense this year before Jalen Hurts became the starter that Doug Peterson was resisting it because Wentz is his guy, and then all of a sudden he embraces Jalen Hurts and changes the offense, does things they should have been doing maybe with Carson Wentz because that's one of the things Sean Payton told me last week. It's basically the same skill set between Carson Wentz and and Jalen Hurts. That's why in and from Payton's perspective, he didn't need to know who the quarterback was well in advance because it doesn't dramatically change your game planning. The problem is the Eagles dramatically changed their offensive approach with Hertz, even though the quarterback skill sets are, are fairly comparable. Mm-hmm. And they, there is something to be said for uh, that spark, you know, that, that spark that comes into an offense where they just look different. They look like a different team. You actually saw it in the second half against the Packers. They, they kind of came back a little bit in that game. And it, the, I, I am a firm believer in chemistry, you know, uh, how guys react to each other, what the huddle looks like. And for some reason, Jalen Hurts in that huddle has guys blocking better, has guys running better, running crisper routes, running faster from the backfield. I, it's, it's one of those intangibles that makes sports so great and football so great is that you don't know how a team will react to a change of quarterback, and you can get that bump, you can get that spark, that everyone starts playing better. Week one next year, who's the Eagles' starting quarterback? Carson. No, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay, really, really. See, I think he's going to be the Colts' quarterback. I think he's going to end up with Frank Reich. I think that's, I that's where it's that. pointing. If- I, that, I agree that he's going to end up at the Colts eventually, but how do they get off that contract? No, you just you trade it. You trade it. It's thirty-four million in a cap hit, whether he's there or not next year. You avoid forty million in cash obligations if you can unload him. The question is, how do you work out the right trade with the Colts, where the Colts aren't squeezing you too much, and you ultimately give in, whether you pay some of the money, whether you take whatever you can get to unload him off of your roster. That's where it's going to be challenging. Unless they can get another team to the table, they may have to do a deal like what the, the Dolphins did to move on from Ryan Tannehill, where they paid a big chunk of the of the money that was owed to Tannehill in 2019. All right, let's get through these quickly here. Patriots at the Dolphins. What's Tua Tonga-Vailoa's ceiling, in your opinion? Uh, pro Bowl. He's a pro bowler, right? That would be his ceiling. Uh, maybe go to a Super Bowl? Wait, like pro, like, like pro bowler when everyone else says I'm not going? That kind of pro bowler? No, 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 no. I think he'd be I think he could be at his ceiling uh top 3 quarterback in the AFC. He's going to get tested this weekend. We know I can't remember the stat, but it's it's very favorable to the Patriots when Bill Belichick faces a young quarterback for the first time. This isn't good for Tua. There's enough film out there now on what he does. I don't like this game for the Dolphins. And, and even game, though the Patriots should should be in full yeah. tank mode, I think they're going to find a way to win it. No, this, this, this game the Patriots will win because that's what their season has been where they don't win games they should win and then they lose. You know, they, they, they're doing the flip-flop thing. So they lost to the Rams badly. They beat the Chargers badly. They're going to come back and they're going to win this game. Uh, Jaguars-Ravens, the only thing that matters about this game is whether or not you believe that Lamar Jackson had cramps. No, and who cares? This is a who cares game. <laughs> it is a who cares oh. game. And if the Ravens can't blow them off the field, then that that takes away. Yeah, but clap on, clap off the clapper. He's got to get the uh, lights going with his waving his arms. All right, Lions at the Titans. You'll be serious about believing that Derrick Henry can get 2,000 yards for the season. He's got 1,532 if he gets how many against Detroit on Sunday. What's it going to take? How far is he going to have to be from 2,000 to get you to believe he can get to 2,000? He only needs 100 this week. He only needs 100 this week because he's going to get like 400 against the Packers. The Packers are soft. I think he's got a chance, and we talked about MVP odds earlier, or at least we talked about Aaron Rodgers being a little snarky about not winning more MVP awards. It's Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes as the favorites now for the MVP. 
And at one point this week, the points bet odds for Derrick Henry for MVP were plus 10,000. It's like, I'll take that bet. And apparently people did because now it's plus 6,600. If he should put together three Derrick Henry games, uh, average 191, and I know that's a lot, but it's Derrick Henry. He's the one guy who can do it. He can set the single season record. If he sets the single season record, Big Cat, how's he not in the MVP conversation? That's what got Adrian Peterson there eight years ago. I, I totally agree. I guess the only I, the thing with with Derrick Henry here is he can get it. It's just whether they want to run him this much because this game shouldn't be that close, and the Titans should win it fairly easily because I think the the Lions you know they had a nice bounce bounce back game when Matt Patricia gets fired and Daryl Bevel goes to Chicago last week. They were they were definitely in the game, but you got injuries. I mean Frank Ragnow has a fractured throat. So it's more of a if if Derrick Henry if Mike Rabel says Derrick Henry wants you get two thousand yards he'll get it he'll get it well and and look it's also what he does with his opportunities because even if they don't give him a lot of touches if he busts through the line and disappears for sixty yards you know you're getting it the easy way so I I I just think Henry understands his place in history and I think he realizes the opportunity that presents itself and he's always finished strong. I'm not going I'm, I'm, you know, look, we all love to witness history. I wanted to get 191 a game. I wanted to set the single season rushing record. That's the one record we never thought would be broken. Yeah, no, he's going to get it. I just looked. He's playing the Texans week 17. So those are, those are three bad run defenses that he's got coming up. That'd be great if he would win uh, the, the, or set the all time rushing record by setting the single game rushing record as well. We'll be back with show me something draft right after this. I've been getting my son to do my, my my work for me on these drafts and give me ideas. Time out. What? Time out. What? Time out. Can we go backwards for a second when you said, uh, yeah, you needed help with this draft. And you just admitted that your son is just building the drafts for you. So I'm beating. <laughs> just, let's just I'm, get this on the record. Let's just get it on the record. I, this is great. This is great because what a slip up by you. I it's am not. I'm two generations of Florio when I draft. Two generations. I'm taking out your whole family tree every time we do this draft on Fridays. Some of the past reaction to what usually for me is the most fun segment of the show, but not when I get dominated by Big Cat. Today's Mm -hmm. draft, as we do every Friday in season. So I'm in late season form. I've been doing these every week. The show me something draft for uh for the upcoming slate of games no trivia question as we usually do to determine the first pick big cat you get the first selection what do you got oh thank you mike uh you can pick first why are you doing that to me all right i'll take the tampa bay buccaneers as my first pick they have to show me something what all right uh usually usually we're more specific than that but but since will from time to time do uh-huh. the entire organization. Go ahead. Explain yourself. Prove your case. Kit and Caboodle, the whole team. That game against the Vikings on Sunday, they kind of didn't really look great. Dan Bailey handed them that game. The Vikings had the ball all game long. The Vikings were able to run on a, de- on a, a, a run defense that has been stout for the last year and a half. The Bucks' offense still a little herky-jerky. It's put up or shut up time right now. If I'm going to believe that the Bucs can make a deep run in January, I have to see it. And it's against teams that stink like the Falcons that have a little fight in them, but they stink. I need to see the Bucs beat the Falcons and beat them soundly for me to start buying in on the Tampa Bay Bucs being a legit Super Bowl contender. And you know what? If they get to the playoffs, and they surely will at this point, they could be a very dangerous team, especially outdoors at Green Bay. Tom Brady, plenty of experience playing in cold weather. Uh, and they've got plenty of guys on that team with playoff experience now. And and guys who don't have playoff experience, I think, understand what's at stake here as they get down the stretch. I'm going to go with Taysom Hill. We talked about him earlier. This is his opportunity. This is this is his chance to step up onto a big stage in a big spot against the best quarterback in football and and get into a shootout with him. That's how the Saints are going to win this game if they win it. That's how they're going to keep it close if they keep it close. It's not going to be Taysom Hill with one of those bull in a china shop runs. It's going to be Taysom Hill throwing the ball down the field 
and throwing it accurately and and throwing it intentionally. Not that one deep throw that he had that that reminded me of the old Sandlot football kickoff where you just throw the ball as high as you can in the air to the other team. He's going to have to throw it with a little more precision and accuracy and oomph in order to to keep it close on Sunday. I don't expect the Saints to win, but this is a chance for Taysom Hill to prove to everyone, to all the naysayers like you, that he belongs. I was actually thinking to myself this morning, I haven't been on the show in whatever, five months. Does Mike Florio still have a man crush on Taysom Hill? And we have found out the answer is a resounding yes. Okay. No, 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 it's not. I'm telling I'm challenging yeah. him to step mm-hmm. up. If he already if he already was there, I would defend him. I would be like he doesn't need to show anybody anything. He's already shown what he is. I'm challenging him if he wants to be regarded as a potential franchise quarterback, he's got to do it on Sunday against Patrick Mahomes. That's But a you've already regarded him that. You have already regarded him that. I've not called him a franchise quarterback. I just think he's good enough to be a starter. I think we can find somewhere that you've said that he's a franchise quarterback. Um, I probably can. You you can find a lot of things. Absolutely can. All right, my second pick is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm going teams. I don't care. It's my draft. I don't care. I'm going with the Bills. Here's why, Mike. This is a very important situational spot for the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a very good team. The Buffalo Bills are maybe the second best team in the AFC. I would say that. The Buffalo Bills also are getting a lot of love. They're getting a lot of national attention now. They won a huge game against the Steelers. They looked great in doing so. They beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. Like They are starting to pile up these big wins. Now you have to go to Denver against a bad Broncos team, but a bad team that still is kind of gamey, right? Like Vic, Vic Fangio, good defense. Drew Locke, I don't trust him, but he's gamey, right? So they're... They're, they are a live dog in that respect. You have to go to Denver. you got to play on a Saturday, which is kind of a weird time. These are the games that if you are a true Super Bowl contender, you handle business. doesn't even have to be pretty. You don't have to kill them. You have to handle business. You have to win this game and keep it moving. So this letdown spot, I'm a big letdown spot guy. This is a ripe letdown spot for the Bills. If they can handle their business in Denver on Saturday – and come out of Denver with a win, I think that that actually, in a weird way, Mike, is more impressive than Sunday night's win against the Steelers because anyone can get up for a big game. Anyone can get up for Sunday night football. Anyone can get up for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 11-1. and It's harder to get up in Week 15 on the road, short rest against a bad Broncos team. Justin Herbert was spectacular last night for the Los Angeles Chargers. He's been great all year. He set or at least tied the single-season rookie record for touchdown passes last night. And, you know, I hear from Dolphins fans all the time who are a little bit nervous that maybe they picked the wrong guy. Well, Tua, this is your chance to prove to everyone that the Dolphins picked the right guy when they had the choice between Tua and Justin Herbert because if he can go out there and beat the Patriots and beat Bill Belichick, who always masters – young quarterbacks, and guys that have passed through the Patriots for the first time. And obviously, Tua didn't play when they got together way back. I think it was in week two. This is Tua's chance to show he belongs against the New England Patriots team that doesn't have the kind of defense it's had in the past, but still has Bill Belichick, big cat. Okay, uh, good pick. You didn't want to say anything about my great Bills pick? That was a unbelievable soliloquy by me. No, um, no I, we don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm trying to be Yeah, yeah no, no, it was. All right, my last one, show me something. Show me something, Mike Florio. Show me something, Mike Florio. Mike Florio is on a four-game winning streak on Sunday Night Football. Can Mike Florio make it five in a row and also maybe be funnier? I don't know. Like, do something funny, make a joke or something. Show me something, Mike Florio. Should I wear, like, a funny hat? Funny hat? Is that what I should do? Yeah, wear a funny hat. We're a funny hat. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Uh, Show me something. Yeah. Five what? in a row, though, Mike. You'd be 10 and you got- four. No, 10 and five if you win on Sunday night. You got you got so many things you could choose from, and you got to make it about you. me. I, show me something, Brian Schottenheimer. Again, I'm, I'm pulling back things we've already discussed in the show and bringing it full circle to the conclusion. Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. Come up with the right game plan 
to not let that Washington football team defense destroy your chance to still win the division. This, we forgot about the Seahawks. It's becoming the NFC. Packers, Saints, Rams, Packers, Saints, Rams. Seahawks have an opportunity. If they're patient, if they grind it out, take what they can get and not get too cute and not let Russ cook, they can win that game and propel themselves into the final two weeks of the season and maybe be the team that wins the NFC West. Extra one, Dan Bailey. I cannot believe that Mike Zimmer is actually trotting him out there on Sunday. That is incredible. Well, maybe they just won't let him kick. Maybe they're keeping him on the team, but they're just going to go for two and go for it on fourth down and just force him to watch it happen. Maybe that's his punishment. Okay, I can I can deal with that. And then also Cliff Kingsbury, because Cliff Kingsbury, we talked about it. If they fade here and don't make the playoffs, I think he should be on the hot seat. I also had Nick Mullins on there as well. I'm stunned that they're letting him play again after the way he played last week. But I think that just means they're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball some more against the Cowboys. We'll wrap up this Friday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, Saturday, two games. Real quickly, uh, Big Cat, Bills at Broncos, given six points. You have concerns about the Bills. Who do you like in that one? I don't have concerns about the Bills. I have uh, concerns about the situational spot. It is a letdown spot, so be wary. I'm probably just going to take the over. All right, other odds uh, and all odds uh, provided by PointsBet Sportsbook. Josh Allen, over under 300 passing yards and rushing yards combined. What do you got? Over or under? Over, over, over. Thin air. He's going to be throwing You always deep. take the over. Stephon Diggs, over under 82 and a half rush, uh, receiving yards. Rush yards would be a lot. Receiving yards. Uh, over, over, over. He had interesting comments to ESPN.com this week about why he wanted out of Minnesota. We wrote a story about that yesterday at PFT. Go check that out. Carolina at Green Bay. Green Bay, an eight-point favorite. Green Bay's had an issue this year getting started at home games without fans there. Uh, do they cover this spread? I'm sure you pick them to win straight up. Do they cover the eight points? Uh, it's going to be tough. I do think that the, uh, the Teddy Bridgewater keeps the Panthers in games. It feels like every Panthers game goes the same where Joey Sly has a chance to win the game or tie the game with a 78 yard field goal. So I'll take the eight. All right. Aaron Rodgers, uh, potential fifth time MVP award winner. If they had been fair with him in the past, 300.5 passing yards, you're taking the under under just because I hate Why? I hate him. Okay. I root De against him. I root against Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, over under 88 and a half receiving yards. Over. All right. That's it. That doesn't Friday make sense. <laughs> Big Cat, thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.